Welcome, everyone, to the Overcharge Podcast. I am your de facto host, JO8. Today, joined with me is Flater. Flater, how are you doing today? Doing great, doing great. Another week, another podcast here with Overcharge. And, you know, talking about APAC here is, is some of the, one of the best places to be. Absolutely. One of the best places to be. Unfortunately, this week, our primary host, Rainwater, was not able to join us. I believe, if I remember the story correctly, she uh, recently had a baseball-sized rock go through the windshield of her car. Uh, so, you know, she's off dealing with that. Very, uh, very valid excuse not to be here. Wouldn't uh, that, you know, that sounds, that sounds kind of scary, you know? That yeah, that's what I've heard. Straight to your windshield, but, you know, Flater and I, our, our windshields are intact, so... We will mm-hmm. bring you guys the news this time. And well, to start us off, you know, we mentioned that it's a good place to be to talk about APEC. Let's talk a little bit about APEC. Obviously, we're waiting for uh, the major to come up, but now we have entered the transfer window where teams are able to make any necessary roster moves. And it seems like in APEC, we're already looking at a lot of roster moves coming up here. Absolutely, and I mean, uh, if let's talk about the first one. We got, uh, we got uh, the team. Uh huh. Hero coming in, and Gerald subbing out for the man. Tough love, as we, as we, uh, you know, it wasn't confirmed up until uh, two weeks ago, but now we know Aspects might just be uh, subbing in for H, and we got a lot more teams as well who have subs. And Jay, I have to say, things are looking quite different as to how they started off. With. Things are going to be looking a lot different. You know, we see full teams disbanding like Cobweb City. We see mm. small roster moves like Uh-Uh, for example, picking up Hirio in place of Gerald Naden. And I think a big one that, you know, here at, at Godspeed that we mentioned is that Paradigm has, uh, they have resurfaced as they have parted ways with our, uh, with our home here at Godspeed. So being said, Godspeed right now, not quite having that team in APAC, but I don't think anyone should be worried. Obviously, we're still here hosting the podcast. We still have plenty of content plans in the future. We still have plans to uh, have another team in the future as as soon as we possibly can. Just have to make sure that we have a home suitable to hold a team because we don't want to pick up a team and be unprepared to, to provide them that hospitality. We want to make sure that when we pick up a team this next time, we're going to be ready fully. Uh, now that we have a, a even better idea of how to host a team, we're going to make sure that we are ready to have uh, some friendly faces in that Godspeed name. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, Jay, who knows? Maybe we'll pick up some random players from all the different teams and, you know, we, we'd, build a, we'd build a new one, a uh, combination that nobody has ever seen before and it might just do wonders in the field. Yeah, wouldn't be a, honestly wouldn't be a bad idea to, you know, just throw a ragtag team together, just put Godspeed's name out there as the, the big shockers, if you will, just who are these people? What does Godspeed think they're doing? And all of a sudden, these these players come together and they find uh, they find themselves very successful. But you know, diving deeper a little bit into the uh, into the APAC roster moves, it looks like Sphinx is still trying out with uh, with a few different teams. Sphinx being a very young player right now, so it'll be interesting to see where Sphinx ends up. Unfortunately, right now, the only issue with the APAC roster moves is it's difficult to see how the teams are doing. It's difficult to predict how they'll do because there hasn't really been anything for the APAC teams to do. It's everyone building up for the major and, you know, in a almost a bit of an offseason for the teams that didn't quite find their spot. So it'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see, you know, after Rotterdam comes around, how these teams decide to integrate themselves and how exactly they end up performing together, what kind of practice they're going to get, scrims, any sort of tournaments they can find, as well as, you know, we'll see in that first winter split how these teams are going to do. We'll see how they practiced in the offseason, see what exactly they'll be able to do. And I think speaking of one of those tournaments uh, that we have seen is 1NE. Granted, the uh, the one thing about 1NE is that it doesn't quite have every APAC team in it just yet. But one of the big contenders right now is Paradigm. Paradigm have been so successful in 1NE. They have just, they've, they're starting to run away in the points. They have 32 total wins with second place being wasted potential with 14. So over double the wins of their challenger. And it just seems like right now Paradigm, they're the teams to look out for in that 1NE cup. 
Man, I have to say, uh, looking at these teams that haven't made it to the RLCS rosters yet, like we talk about wasted potential, we talk about Breda, and uh, you know, we see so many different, we so many, we see so many different rosters being set up due to these APAC tournaments. And yeah, you have to appreciate because I mean, after after RLCS, right? There's not a lot of tournaments here in APAC with one NE, one cup, and how we used to have how we used to have the APAC arena tournaments. They really help in shaping what RLCS is gonna be like. Uh, granted, when you reach the winter split. And I'm I'm very excited for the uh, for the upcoming RLCS. I do have to say because I love seeing the, how the new teams do. You know, it's really it's really interesting because you you have those scenarios where you'll see teams that you don't expect to perform well make that one roster move, and all of a sudden they're towards the top. And then you have the alternative where you see teams that you'll just put together a super team, and they just don't quite perform to that level. And, you know, APAC is still a very young region, so it's kind of hard to say what a super team would be and what um, what a, a thrown-together team would be that could potentially find that sort of success. But, you know, as the region's growing, especially now that we have uh, the, the transfers coming from across the water, seeing different uh, players from different regions come into the region, I know it's a big thing on Twitter right now that Flitz will eventually be on an APAC team. I haven't quite seen that one through, but. You know, it seems like that's what's talked about a lot on Twitter when it comes to Flitz's tweets. You see, you know, that Flitz talks about making a ruckus in the APAC region, but we haven't quite seen that yet. And it almost makes me wonder if he's just, you know, if he's hyping this up for it not to be much or uh, we'll actually see that move. But, you know, you see these players interested in moving into the APAC region, competing in the competition here. And... You know, the more players that come in, the more competition it is for the the native players in the APAC region. And eventually yeah. that that experience is just going to prove to be something very valuable. Absolutely. And uh, we have talked about this before, right? Um, people coming in from the international world. We've got James Sheets. And uh, like you said, we still have more and more teams talking about it. And that has helped us in improving the skill level of where Asia is at at the moment. We will, uh, if uh, let's, I mean, just imagine the scenario. How would it, how would it be like if James Cheese was never in Asia? Do we th do you think we'll still see th that same comp uh, same competition here in LCS? I don't think so. Uh, things would be looking a lot different. The demographic would be a lot different. Sure, uh, everybody else would be placed one uh, one spot higher, but. Uh, I I don't believe that's that I don't believe that's the best for uh, the long term improvement for uh, for Asia. However, this right now, even though they're absolutely dominating, people are learning, and uh, as we saw in the last RLCS in the fall split, things were looking quite crazy because James did end up losing a single game to Godspeed, if I if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, it's definitely a scenario. It's not that James Cheese got worse by any means throughout uh, the three splits in. In the fall, it's a matter of the the APAC teams. They're improving. They are getting mm -hmm. better. They're learning how to play against that competition. The issue with APAC right now is that you know they quite they haven't quite had that ability to play against those top level teams. But now that they're getting that consistent experience, they're they're rapidly improving. So it'll be very interesting to see James Cheese um, how exactly they hold up to the competition now that. These teams in the region, James Cheese is off preparing for Rotterdam. All of these teams, they know what they need to do. They know the level that they need to play at in order to perform successfully against teams of that caliber, which could eventually lead to contention in the majors, could lead to um, the APAC teams having a better shot against teams in the other regions, North America, Europe, South America, Oceania, these teams that have had much more time to compete against higher level teams, whether it be, you know, geographical advantage or just uh, duration in the RLCS. All of those other regions, they've had more time. And so you take APAC, a team that hasn't quite had that amount of time, and you give them that one team, which now it's James Cheese, to practice against, consistently be able to compare yourself to a major ready team. And it allows the APAC teams to start building that experience and, you know, maybe make those roster moves in order to try and compete with teams of that caliber. You have these APAC teams that, you know, they might work well against each other, but when it comes to playing against those higher level teams, maybe that roster isn't exactly what they need. So I think James Chiefs moving into the region is a very valuable thing. It's allowing 
the roster moves to be made in order to create these teams that can best contend against the rest of the world. And uh, we've said this before as well. Uh, looking at looking at all these teams, uh, looking at James G's now playing at the majors, uh, for them, for the players from James C's, this is going to be a new learning experience because so far they have been having a blast, being an absolute dominant force, and now going to the majors, we'll finally we'll finally see where they stand. In, in those major standings and, and through that we'll be able to figure out how much APAC needs to improve this season around. And I think watching James Cheese at this major is going to be a, a big talk, talking point. It's going to be interesting. You take the super team, uh, taking very good players from various different regions, putting them on a team, and it almost makes you wonder if you see the opposite that we're talking about here. Like, has James Cheese been lacking? that experience that they need competing against other big teams. Because right now, James Cheese, they dominated APAC. They're competing, they've been competing for the past few months against teams that don't quite have that major experience. They're not quite those mm-hmm. major ready teams. And you take James Cheese, they haven't quite been able to, to play against competitive counterparts that they would like to play against. So they'll effectively be going into the major. I mean, I'm sure at this point they are, they've been boot camping, they've been, practicing against other uh, teams that might even be at the major. So James Cheese, they've probably been getting some behind-the-scenes practice and preparing for the major, but the question is, how will they be able to perform? Most of their experience recently has been against APAC teams, but now they're having to go against those international teams, those teams where it's been a while since those players have competed at that at that level. This will be the first, they've had a gap. This will be the first time in a while, so... It's a matter of if they can make that quick adjustment, if they can step up right there on the spot in that Swiss bracket when it matters the most for them. It's going to be very exciting. We'll have a, we'll have analysts being all hand on desk as soon as the as soon as the major starts, which is obviously in just a week from now. So all our answers will be will be provided to us granted until we reach the next podcast. But you know, Jay, I have been wondering, do oh. You think, uh, I mean, th- I believe James Cheese's first stop going up against Carmine Corp. So, you think they have an opportunity? Do you think they have an option to do something? Do you think they have an opportunity to win? I think uh, I <laughs> that's a tough matchup for any team. Uh, mm-hmm. going against K Corp in round one, it's it's a it's a big matchup for them. And I think you know, will will James Cheese put up a fight? Probably. I, I don't think it's going to be as much of a blood as people make it out to be, but I think it'll be a valuable warm-up for James Cheese at the least. I think that's going to be a good wake-up mm-hmm. call before they get into that next matchup of, you know, they'll have that best of five in order to prepare themselves, in order to reacclimate themselves to the level that they need to be playing again. K-Corp is, you know, projected to be one of the best teams right now, so... Playing against the best team in round one, it, it's not expected that James Cheese wins that, but it's going to give them a good warm-up. It's going to allow them to uh, to prepare themselves for the rest of the Swiss. I honestly think that's, uh, you know, call me crazy. I think it's one of the better scenarios for James Cheese in the Swiss bracket. I would rather personally play against the top team round one than, say, round three or four. You, you want to get that match out of the way as early as possible. Get that uh, get that warm-up that you need. Get that experience. Get the correct mentality going into mm-hmm. the following matches. So I think at least it is a good opportunity for James Cheese to prepare themselves for what they what they will have to come next. Absolutely. Going up against Carmine Corp in round one, like you said, will face, uh, they will be facing a lot of problems. However, that is just how the way it should be. And of course, I mean, you know, Swiss stage, we got we got five rounds in order, you gotta win three. And if James Cheese manages to make it manages to make it past uh, into top eight, Jay, that would be that would not only be I don't know, substantial for James Cheese, but overall in APAC, because if James Cheese it belongs to that particular level of Rocket League gameplay, that just means APAC has imp- APAC in itself has improved a ton as well. James Cheese definitely has an opportunity here to make a name for APAC because you know you look at uh, the the simple idea of publicity. If this team from a region that doesn't really get considered for uh, competitiveness. If you see a team come from that region perform well, it's going to bring light into the region. 
And an interesting point to to bring up regarding that is you might be seeing more orgs come into APAC. You know, obviously James Cheese is still looking for an organization, and I think the the Rotterdam major is their their best time to make a name for themselves, seeing uh, showing off to orgs looking for teams how they can compete at the international level. If they can perform well, it's going to be very enticing for organizations to see if they can pick up James Cheese or even other APAC-based teams. Because right now, there are a lot of teams in APAC that don't have organizations backing them. And if James Cheese is able to bring some light into the APAC region, we might soon see a lot of support coming into the region from organizations. And we might start seeing some new names around. We might see new organizations. We might see new players. We might just see a great improvement after Rotterdam if James Cheese are really able to, to put a name up for themselves at the major. And well, with RLCS, the pressure is high. Not only because not only does James Cheese have to perform on the field, they actually have to represent a region that, that players you know decided to move to and then dominate, but also then show up at RLCS and give a fight to each and every team that they're going up against. It'll be good to see, and I know we're kind of, you know, walking around the idea of the major. Let's dive a little bit deeper into it. So there was a poll held on Reddit. Uh, let me pull that one up really quick to make sure I get my, uh, get my facts right. There was a poll on Reddit for which teams would be able uh, to go 3-0 and in Swiss and um, mm -hmm. which teams would go 0-3. So the teams to make their way perfectly through the Swiss without losing a game and the teams that aren't going to be able to make it through Swiss uh, winning anything. And I think it comes no surprise the top two teams for uh, going 3-0 and is K-Corp and Gen.G. You take the most dominant team in EU, you take the most dominant team in NA, Statistically speaking, though, they're the most likely to make it through first. I don't think that comes to a surprise as anyone. The uh, the following three after those two are Phase G2 and Falcons. So, you know, again, you take two more great teams in North America and you take the superstars of Mina. But the interesting thing comes around to the other side. So the teams <laughs> most picked to go 0 and 3. And, you know, they have James Cheese at most oh. likely to go 0 and 3 at. 70 uh i don't actually know the metric that they they voted in out of oh okay so out of 473 submission 77 people said that james cheese would go zero and three it was the most out of any team which i it, it makes sense i guess if you're polling internationally because you know flater and i here can be biased and, and talk about how well james cheese can do but to the rest of the world there's not a lot of awareness from apac so you take the, the APAC team, and it makes sense. A lot of people aren't going to expect them to do well. But then following them, you have Power Secret Pioneers and the club, which is actually very interesting to see the club there considering how well they did at the the World Championship not too long ago. So, you know, you the, the stage has kind of been set. The expectations are there. And James Cheese, the expectation is against them. So it's really <laughs> going to be up to them, you know, go against the odds and, See if they can make a name for themselves here. And I mean, what else is surprising here is Team Secret being, uh, I don't know, the bottom bottom's eighth. Uh, and this team did wonders in the, la in the last World Championship. I'm really surprised to see them in the bottom part. And another one that I found very interesting, but uh, the, the explanation is a little deeper, is looking at power. The team that is uh, projected to be second most likely to go 0 and 3. And uh, there was a, a post on Twitter about, um, or a post on Reddit rather, about some scrim results from Team Power, um, scrimming international teams. And the, uh, the poster on Reddit was um, they, they got the match information from Ball Chasing, which for anyone that doesn't know, uh, there is a, a Rocket League website called ballchasing.com. And what it allows you to do is uh, you take the replay files uh, from the uh, from the game and you upload them to a website, and the website will give you a lot of data about uh, each individual player's performance, their positioning, their boost consumption, their average speed, a lot of useful data that teams will utilize to see where they can improve. Instead of just looking at rotations where it's more conceptual aspects of how you can improve, there is data backing it. 
and the players like to utilize that data. And this Reddit user went through and uh, found a lot of scrim results from Power. And Power, I'll, I'll go through them. They won 4-2 against Quadrant, 4-2 against Liquid, 4-2 against the club, 5-2 against Solary, 4-3 against Liquid again, 6-1 against Tundra, and they lost 3-4 to Evil Geniuses. So Power has been putting up some fantastic scrim results. Granted, scrim results are not end-all, be-all. It really does come down to the tournament results, but Power has been performing well in scrims. They've been winning against these more... Uh, acclimated teams in the major regions so we might see power from oceania put up a name against some of these bigger teams absolutely and in re regional trees as well right power being an absolute absolute force uh going three and oh in the swiss stages of the regional three beating pioneers placeholders everybody going uh, everybody going up, uh, up against them we are also saw them going up against ground zero gaming we've talked about them last week dire wolves as well as kawabunga 3-0 victory coming in from uh, coming in from power there in their own region like you said it's gonna be very fun to see what they do in the majors here and uh what you know what i'm most excited about maybe just maybe we'll see James Cheese going up against Power Match. That would definitely be an interesting match to see. You love to see the the clashes between regions like that. You take APAC versus OCE, throw that match in there, see how Power, this underdog team that has been really successful versus James Cheese that is just being slept on in the major. No one expects them to do well, and they seem like they are ready to to put up a fight. I I can probably guarantee that they are motivated because there's a lot on the line for them. We mentioned earlier that they're mm. still looking for an organization and this might be the best opportunity that they'll get to prove themselves. You know, say they make winter the winter major. Well, if they're not able to perform at one major, but they perform decent at another, it kind of averages out to a lower amount. So if they can perform well at their first major together, it's going to show organizations that this team is ready. They're ready to go. They're top of their region, plus they can perform internationally. So this is going to be a big proving ground for them. And I think that drive, that, that alternative motivation is going to prove to be very powerful for them. Another interesting part about the Rotterdam Major, um, this is just one random fact that I saw, but it was actually very interesting. Torment is the only player that has won a world championship that will be at the fall major. Every single other world championship, uh, world champion is not going to the fall major. So you look at all of these previous years of RLCS, there are a lot of world champions out there, but Torment is actually going to be the only one at this major. Wow. Uh, it just goes to show how many upsets we've seen, right, in the major regions as well, and what we're expecting to see moving into the moving into the Rotterdam Major. We will not be having any of the familiar names. We have so much new blood coming in from each and every different region. We're talking about APAC here because once once I mean we belong to APAC, but if you look at if you look at NA, if you look at EU, there are so many up and coming players who are going to be playing for the for playing LAN for the very first time. And like we've already talked about power, we've talked about various different rosters we got so many new teams moving in i believe uh i saw the name Ox uh, team quadrant real team wave exo and cash coming in from the eu side so you know we haven't seen them before in the majors and now at the highest stage there are a lot of teams coming into this with very high expectations a lot of teams coming in with high expectations it seems like RLCS 2022 to 2023 is really just uh, the proving ground for newer players. It seems like a lot of those older names, they, they're, I don't want to say they're fizzling out, but they're not putting up the performances that they usually do. And it's a consistent thing. It almost seems like the, mm. the a lot of the players that weren't able to go to the world championship in Fort Worth in this past summer, it seems like they had a lot of quality time. While all of these teams are off uh, in Texas playing against each other, it seems like a lot of these these newer players or these lesser-known players that have been around really had some time to sit down and figure out what they needed to figure out. And whenever the teams that went to the World Championship got back, they're in for a rude awakening. It seems like right now, 
obviously version one had a great performance at worlds and you know they're able to continue that but a lot of the other previous world champions they're they're not quite able to do so it's very interesting to see how the the meta changed so quickly away from the play styles that these major teams had and seems like we're seeing a bit of a change of pace and it'll be very interesting to see at rotterdam how these newer players hold up to the pressure they're on that grand stage like you mentioned and now it's time for them to prove themselves prove why they are worthy of being considered the top teams in their region and if they're going to be able to hold up to that pressure and perform when they need to I mean, it's not just the glory that's on the line, it's the region that's on the line as well. And it's not just it's not just APAC, it's it has it, it is every single other region. We got NA and EU as well, like you said, so many new teams coming in and everybody is ready to present themselves as and when they need to. Like you said, a lot of new blood. So Going into this one, we will we will be seeing glory. We will we will be seeing hard race because somebody's got to lose. But people coming out on top, they will be considered new gods of the RLCS. Definitely very excited to to see how the Rotterdam major unfolds. There is so much in the air. You know, you have a lot of these new players. You have uh, some some regions that just need to prove themselves in general. Uh, I know a big one, Power, might be able to put up a name for OCE, which we talked a bit about before. But I think a big thing, uh, the the bigger picture behind it is that Oceania has been around in the RLCS for a very long time, but it's been a long time since they were able to prove themselves. I know last time uh, they had a real contention was with uh, with Chiefs, with uh, Torsos, Drippe, and Jake way back in the day years and years ago but you know since that oce super team disabled or um they um dissolved they weren't quite the region as a whole hasn't quite put up as much of a performance as they would like so power they they have the potential to bring back some of that glory to oceania that former uh that former pride that the region had they they're players that are working very hard together but it seems like that that spark in the region hasn't quite been there in a while. So, you know, we talk about James Chiefs proving themselves for APAC power has that potential to bring some glory back to OCE and has that potential to to prove themselves as a a major region. They've been around for a long time, but they just haven't quite performed in a in a in a very long time. And I mean, if you're speaking of people who need to prove themselves, we can even have a look at the MENA side of things. We got Falcons coming in, qualifying for the Majors, the only team making it through the MENA rankings. And I have to ask you, do you think do you think it was well, a well-deserved team, Falcons? We, we know they had to fight very hard to make where they are today. Falcons, they put up a, a great performance at, at the World Championship uh, in August. So I think they absolutely deserve their spot to be here. They, they have shown that they can not only perform in their region, but they can perform internationally. They had a fantastic showing at Worlds, and I think them uh, coming to the Fall Major, they're going to have a chance to prove themselves here again. They're a team that... Uh, you know, is in the top five projected to go 3-0. and That's how much faith is in Falcons, not only in their region, but internationally. Everyone knows how lethal that Falcons team is. So, you know, Mina has their their champions in Falcons, and it would, it would be a very interesting experience to not see them there. And again, you know, we're seeing teams like NRG not even being at the major. There are a lot of teams that, in your mind, are major-ready teams, but when it comes down to it, they're not quite there. Falcons is not that team. Falcons is a team that they're a team you expect to be at a major, and they will put in the work to be at that major. They're a team that's very well-respected. They have proven time and time again that they are a major-ready team, and you know, hopefully for their sake, they're able to put up as, as great of a performance as they'd like because... They're a team, they've been working very hard. They've earned that right uh, to be at the major, and they've shown that they can perform just so well. Absolutely. We remember the Fallen Invitational Falcons going, I believe, 4-0, 4-2, and 4-0-1 
in at the grand finals against a team like Rule One, who themselves have had a phenomenal showing. You know, we talk about Rule One again. Let's have a quick look at the rosters as well. Rule One uh, consisting of the players like R.W. Lion, Killers, and Natter, and we've all we've all heard so much about these players. We've even seen them in, seen them in action on the Mina streams, and they're just as exciting in this region. We can't, we talk about Godspeed here in the Ape, in the APAC region. We got we talk about gaming gladiators. We can't, we talk about GMCs. I believe Rule One is second second place the people who and the team which does deserve to be in the rlcs majors but just not yet all they need is a little bit of refinement and we'll see them right up there with the big leagues speaking of rw9 on a rule one another tournament that has happened uh that's actually been happening it just concluded uh not too long ago i think within the past couple hours was the pro drops 1v1 it was an international 1v1 tournament featuring daniel rw9 joros and apparently jack and RW9 got second, only losing to Daniel. So RW9 being that 1v1 star on rule number one, definitely a great team uh, in the uh, Mina region. And, you know, mm -hmm. if if Mina were able to have a second major spot, that would definitely be the team, the, the, the next best team when it comes to being able to prove themselves internationally. I think having a player like RW9 on that rule one roster with that 1v1 experience able to to lock down there's a lot of pressure in in the 1v1 game mode so i think having that experience definitely helps when it comes to going to a major not letting that pressure get to you so definitely a great team for falcons to compete against and i think that's that's the advantage that falcons has against a team like james cheese for example falcons has a team that keeps it very competitive they have a team that they can always go against and uh, that will always be very competitive and keep the competition high, keep that training um, consistent. James Cheese doesn't quite have that team. That's why, you know, you take Falcons from Mina and James Cheese from APAC, and that's that's the main difference right there is that Falcons are able to prepare a bit better than a team like James Cheese. And um, well, in the last season when we first saw Mina coming into the RLCS majors, you know, everybody had their doubts. We've all seen them absolutely dominate in their respective regions as well as in the splits. However, in the grand finals, they had a, they had a good showing, but there were people having a lot of high expectations. There were people having low expectations as well. But Falcons, you know, for the very first major, even for the splits, they did a phenomenal job, and I am waiting for the day when we see the same situation arising for the APAC for the APAC region, be it through James Sheets, Godspeed, or whatever new blood that we will be seeing since uh, till the winter spell begins. And that is that is the end goal for APAC is to have more competition for the top. You have James Sheets that is inarguably the best team in APAC, and they have shown time and time again that. Uh, when it comes down to proving themselves, they will do it consistently. And so uh, for the APAC region, it's going to be a matter of uh, developing over this this almost offseason, at least for the region itself, as James Cheese is the only team from APAC going to Rotterdam. It's one spot at the major. So, you know, James Cheese is going to be the only team missing, and all of the teams are going to have time to play each other. And the, the goal mm -hmm. internally for APAC is to develop your skills. That way, when James Cheese comes back, you put up that fight. So it'll be interesting to see. Potentially, APAC could um, have a similar result as I think the entire world did in regards to the, the World Finals in Texas, where your, your champion teams, they're gone. And all you have is each other. And they might be able to develop some sort of meta to play against James Cheese when they come back in order to develop that competition, bring more light to the region, bring more competition, and potentially have a situation like Mina has where, you know, James Cheese isn't just the best team. You would have more competition, and the fight for points to make the major would go all the way down to that very end. And of course, you know, I mean, we're looking at GMCs, we're looking at so many different regions. Uh, Jay, you have to wonder what ex where exactly do we stand going up against so many different teams with at so much different potential? Uh, uh, yeah, there are a lot of predictions out there. We've all we've all seen the scrim results, but there's only so much that the scrim affects uh, when you actually reach the majors. 
when, when you're at the majors, you see the players, you're, you're at a LAN, and you know what you're capable of. When uh, gaming gladiators made it to the last major, we saw them uh, doing doing well, and just like oh, you know, we, they had flashes of brilliance here and there. But now it'll be James G's representing APAC, and I believe I have really high hopes going going into RLCS here. Just seven days remaining, we're gonna have a lot of excitement coming in very soon. A lot of excitement coming in APAC. Another very interesting result that uh, occurred recently was in CRL. If you guys don't know about CRL, it is the collegiate level of Rocket League. It is it is where uh, players are able to not only they have their regular teams that they'll compete in in you know RLCS any other tournaments, but CRL Collegiate Rocket League is where the teams are able to uh, to compete with students. If you are a, a college student, you can compete with um, with your your peers in your college and have your own collegiate league. And one team that has always been very dominant is Northwood Blue, consisting of Buddy, Hockey, and Lion Blaze. They're a very Lion great Blaze. team. You have, you know, right now Hockey on 26 Rising, Lion Blaze on Luminosity, as well as Buddy, who currently plays for Nefarious. So you take three of, uh, I would say, three of the top bubble teams in North America, you put... Uh, a player from each of those teams on uh, one CRL team, they are usually the very dominant team. But recently, in the uh, in the fall national championship, they didn't quite have that same performance. They dropped to Indian River State uh, in the upper side of the bracket, which is Slayer, Seabass, and Taco Stash. A great team, but Northwood Blue, on paper, should have been able to win that match. And, you know... Northwood Blue, they drop all the way to the lower quarters and they fight all the way back to the grand finals. And they yet again have another scenario where they're not quite able to perform. They end up getting second. They qualify for the world championship still. So it's it's no big deal to them. The only thing it affects is prizing and seeding. But still, you take a team like Northwood Blue, who is consistently at the top, and they just weren't able to perform. And I mean, uh, still, still, uh, actually new to quite, quite the CRL scene. I have seen a lot of Rocket League action go down in ECACs, KCACs, and speaking of KCAC, the Kansas City, Kansas City Championship. We did have Columbia Cougars uh, recently taking the dub here. After two months worth of league play, it was Columbia Cougars who are currently ranked second in the CRL Championship, actually placing first in their own state. And uh, speaking of the roster, let me just pull that up. We got Cryptic, Cam, and Cosmic Flippy. Cam, if you guys recall, is one of the top 1v1s player, 1v1 players that have been playing on Johnny Boy streams for quite a long time now. And playing, playing with a team like Cosmic Flippy and Cryptic, this team definitely has been the one to be the arch nemesis for the Northwood Blue side, and it is interesting to see um, Northwood. They they drop not only to uh, Columbia but to Indian River State. It's obviously no discredit. It's just a a shock. You take this mm. this almost uncontested team, and you know Columbia College able to step up and and show that competition. And you also have uh, Indian River State. The third seed from the the eastern region when Northwood Blue was the first seed, so it's interesting to see how Northwood Blue they had good previous results against Indian River State, but in the national championship they weren't able to perform quite the same. So it is good to see Columbia though they are they're putting up better numbers, they're putting up better performances consistently, and they might start being the the super team in CRL. They might develop as that team to look out for if they're able to consistently put up results like this. And it it's kind of interesting to see how consistent it is with RLCS, how uh, you take those teams that were on the top and you take teams who they're very good. They just weren't quite on that same level. And some time passes. We have some, some, you know, magic late in 2022. And it seems like the roles flip. It seems like the teams that, where the the titans of their respective competition, they're not quite able to perform. I'm not sure how CRL is lining up with RLCS, but you know somehow it is. You take Northwood Blue, who I would say you were your effective NRG in their prime of CRL, and now Northwood Blue, they're still placing top two, but 
it's not that domination that they had before. So it is really interesting to see when teams like that, they, they're not falling off, but they're definitely not performing how you'd expect them to. Then we were talking about the CRL, the National Champion, uh, Championship as well. I'm looking at the brackets right now. We did have Columbia College actually taking the grand final place against Northwood Blues. So like you said, uh, uh, you know, we see a team coming in absolutely dominating throughout the years, but, but you know, slowly and gradually we see that upset being taking place here. It was with Columbia College. Like you said, even India River State was able to drop them down into the lower brackets. And it is just, this is where it starts, right? This is where we start to see the domination being stomped upon by other teams. And that's when the competition rises again. That's when the skill level increases even further. And, you know, coming uh, going to CRL, that's, that is exactly why we have high school leagues here, even in different even in different cities of the United States. we got so many players that are playing Rocket League and, you know, just prepping for the collegiate level. Because this is where people have started from, you know, we were 14 or 15. We saw Scrub at that age moving straight into the RLCS. But now competition has been even fierce. If you see a prodigy there at, you know, a 14 or 15 year old prodigy uh, in uh, CRL or, well, uh, high school, that's, that's when you start thinking about CRL. And then you start thinking about RLCS. So a bit of a ladder that every player now has to climb in the States. Another very interesting uh, tournament that went on recently was one hosted by Apparently Jack called The Bubble. And for those that don't mm -hmm. know, The Bubble is a tournament hosted by... Uh, this was the first one hosted by Apparently Jack that allows um, the teams in North America that weren't quite able to make the uh, major. It gives them yet another tournament to be able to prove themselves. And the very interesting thing, I know we mentioned at the very start that we are in that transfer region. There is an equal amount. There's, there were um, 16 teams there. Eight teams were trying new rosters, which was very interesting to see. So half the teams were trying different rosters. And mm -hmm. lo and behold, the team, the team that won, Ghost Gaming, they were playing with a new roster. They were playing with Hoxer, T. Carell, and Zanil, who's currently on Dark Zero. So it mm -hmm. seems like we might be getting a lot of roster moves in the bubble scene of North America. We might see a lot of changes, either completely new rosters. For example, Team Hockey was Drew, Hockey, and Creams, all three, um, on different rosters currently. We might see entirely new teams form. We might see like trades where just one player gets swapped out and another gets swapped in, which was mostly the case for trying out new rosters in this tournament. It was mainly players just trying out one additional person. If you sub one person out, you put one person in, and, well, some of the teams found more success than others, so it'll be very interesting to see in the bubble scene, you know, if any of these rosters are end-all, be-all. If looking at Ghost Gaming as an example... They try out a new player and they win the tournament. So it'll be very interesting to see if, if that result is enough for them or maybe they're going to continue trying out new rosters, but definitely opens up a lot of avenues for these teams. And uh, I mean, uh, looking at looking at the results for this one, even going even go, going up against Ghost Gaming, we had Exit who man in the, in the quarterfinals going up going in a best of seven against a team like Ghost Gaming, a top RLCS level team. A team like Exit was able to take two games against them. Now I know that two games is nothing; it could just be a fluke. But you still have to consider the possibility that it wasn't taking down a, an S tier team and vi even winning two games against them is a feat to be known here for the exit side. So huge props to them for making that possible. And as goes gaming, you know, they moved into the semifinals, their domination spread even further. Going up against 26 Rising, they had a 4-1 scoreline in the grand finals. KJ, guess what? It was a 4-0 clean sweep. 4-0 clean sweep, not even close. When it came down to it, Ghost Gaming is so dominant. Uh, so I, I I hope for their sake uh, that they'll hold that roster and you know potentially come Winter Major be able to put up a or rather the the Winter Splits uh, be able to put up a better performance, get those points needed, and make the Winter Major. It seems like uh, Zanil is a great fit. Granted, Zanil is a fantastic player. Uh, put that out there. I think. Most rosters would benefit from picking up Zanil. Zanil is great. Zanil was actually one of the 
uh, first professional players that I, I ever casted as a, as a caster. And uh, uh, he is just an absolute spectacle of a player. Fantastic to watch. And I could very easily see Ghost Gaming settling on that roster and, you know, potentially swapping out Shock or Zanil. It would definitely be a, uh, a, a move to make, and it's showing that that move would be a good one if they're able to win the entire bubble tournament, show that they are the, the I say best of the rest. It sounds like a negative term. But, you know, without competitive, uh, without competitive RLCS is nowadays, the teams that are at the major are the best, and if you're not at the major, you're the rest. And Ghost is trying to become one of the best, and... Roster move might be what they need. You know, looking around, you have 26 Rising trying out Sosa from uh, the Knights. You have Solar, or Soul, rather, not Solar, just Soul. Uh, Stealth and Knight trying out Turbo Pulsa. You have Luminosity trying out Delta. You have Scuzz trying out Kiri. You have Exet trying out Kinsei. You have Lil Stepros trying out Flitz, which, uh, you know, we talked about Flitz earlier, uh, alluding to moving to APAC, but uh, hey, you never know. Uh, Poco Loco trying out J Pal and uh, Homies trying out Hazo. And, you know, you have these other teams that are trying to hold their own rosters, see how well they perform. It looks like in the top four, three of the teams were trying out a new roster. Nefarious was the only roster that held, did not make any moves, and still performed. And it, it's very interesting to see that out of the top four, three made roster moves. I don't know if that's a sign of um, the rosters that they had before just weren't quite what they wanted, or if there's some sort of meta that these teams are going for, changing their rosters with these newer teams and putting up the good results. It's 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 interesting seeing that the teams that have been together longer aren't performing as well as the teams that just formed. And this is uh, this is how the roster moves are made, right? They're made of hunches, Jay. Every single time we see all of these teams going up against each other, even in Asia, this is what we've noticed. And this is what we've noticed that back when APEC arenas were still happening. Uh, we had so many roster changes. We we had people, you know, just claiming that they're just, they're just trying out, and that's how those teams were formed. We talk about Triple Endo, then uh, then I believe turning into Cobweb City, and so many more teams being formed than RLCS. And I'm not at all surprised that people would be forming roster just off of this one tournament because once again this is only one tournament so uh, it, it could just be a good day for or it could just be a good day it could actually even mean something but that is how uh, that is how big of a gamble it is you know switching out your age old rosters into something new trying out something new and then competing at the highest level of rocket league based off of that hunch and it it'll be Definitely uh, fun to see if uh, which of these teams that tried out these rosters stay together and which decide that uh, <laughs> they want to either maintain their roster or explore other options because there is also the scenario that, um, you know, you have, say, a team of three players, but one of them weren't able to play in the bubble tournament, so the other two players just mm -hmm. look for spots on other teams to temporarily substitute and, uh, and try to, um, you know, get some more experience playing in these tournaments, potentially get a piece of the prize pool, so... Not all of the teams that have additional players uh, from other teams on them are signs of tryouts. Uh, some of them could very easily just be signs of players um, wanting to play in the tournament when their teammates weren't available. I think the, the biggest one to look at, however, is Dark Zero. All three of the players, uh, being Zanil, j and Turbo, all played in the tournament. So, you know, theoretically speaking... You, you have all these players who are able to play together. The only issue for them is I don't think they qualified for uh, the bubble tournament. I don't think they had enough points to like be able to play in the bubble as a team. So they decided to all split up and find spots on different teams. So there are a lot of different reasons that can uh, cause these teams to uh, play with players that aren't their regular teammates. But uh, I think at the end of the day, it'll at least give the, the the teams that are getting the substitutes a good idea of, you know, potentially what their team could be. Could be better, could be worse, or it could be the same. But at the end of the day, if they want to add that player, they can, but it's definitely not something that they're required to do based on a based on one tournament that they played in. Absolutely. It is gonna be a lot of fun to see. 
and I do have to wonder. Uh, go, I mean, looking at dark, looking at dark zero, right? I was just having a quick look at the Wikipedia pages and just figuring out actually the manager for dark zero was uh, also the manager for Paradigm back uh, back when Godspeed was back when uh, Godspeed did not sign them. So pretty interesting fact there. How we connect to that particular area of the bubble scene. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of uh, a lot of connection in the Rocket League community that you wouldn't expect. A lot of uh, a lot mm. of familiar faces in various regions or you know various parts of the world. Um, but I think that might soon wrap up our uh, our lovely chat here. It cut a little bit short, but uh, a because you know rainwater has a has a rock through her windshield and needed to get that taken care of. So there's only myself and Flader this time, but also because, you know, it's the calm before the storm. We're about to see the the mm. major at the end of this week, and there will be a lot uh, to talk about after the major. Lots of talking points, lots of analytics to make. And Flader, do you have any uh, any anything you want to put on the uh, on the table before we, we sign off for, for this episode? Yeah, I'm just going to make a prediction here. I think we will see a 2-3 to three, uh, record here for JMC is going, going into... Uh, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, on the optimistic side, going into the Swiss stage of the Rotterdam Majors, we might see a 2-3 two or a two to three score line here in the Swiss stages. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just betting on it. Maybe, maybe uh, we'll see something different, but that's what my predictions are. I'll bet on the, you know, just just for just for sake of it, I'll I'll bet on the opposite side. I'll go I'll go three and two. I could see them. They could they <laughs> they could do it. Okay. It would take it would take a step up from them. But I all right. I genuinely think they could make it out of Swiss. Mm-hmm. It's definitely going to be a battle. I feel like we're going to see one polar side where they either go own three or they could go three and two. It's really up in the air. We don't have a lot of uh, a lot of support behind our guesses. They're they're simply just what we what we expect to see based on our observations. But I I think it would be great to see James Cheese step up and see them uh, put themselves through into the bracket and make a name for themselves. It would be great for the region. Um, but you know, only time will be able to tell. I'm betting that the team that is predicted mostly uh, by everyone that to go zero three that they'll make it through. But you know what? Sometimes you just have to make an outlandish claim and hope that it sticks. But um, <laughs> with that, I think all we can do is wait for the major. So uh, we'll give a shout out to Stormori behind the scenes for uh, you know keeping us in a check, making sure that we look good, sound good, and Flater uh, for joining me today. And you know we're working on getting a uh, a new podcast schedule, uh, but. We're we're actively working on it. We're trying to get back on schedule. Had a little bit of a setback due to uh, work schedules, school schedules. People have finals. I have finals. Slater has finals. Mm. We're we're busy. We're 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 still showing up though. Don't worry. We want to get our podcast time in. But you know, just making sure it works with our schedules. But uh, thank you everyone for listening, whether it be here on Twitch, on Spotify, or in the uh, the Twitter space that we're in. Uh, But that is going to be it for today, and we will see you all very soon.